Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of WTF Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Bialis with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing tonight? Oh, man, I'm great, man. The sun is setting so beautifully to the, is it to the west or to the east? Which one is it? To the west. To the west. There you go. All right. And uh, also, we have a a special guest, Daryl Arnold. How's it going, brother? Man, what's going on, man? It's a pleasure to be on this on this podcast, man. <laughs> man, yeah, looking forward to chopping it up with you, man. I know you got a great story, bro. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it, man. So tell us uh, a little bit about what, you, uh, about what you do and uh, you know how many kids you got. So I'm a motivational uh, financial educator. Uh, I like to call myself that because a lot of times when we're talking about people that's in the financial industry, uh, you know, they kind of, you know, come at it as just strictly just, hey, I'm coming at you. You know, I'm trying to sell you something. No, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just want to educate you and then motivate you to do better with your life uh, financially. And then, you know, motivate you to be a better person. And, um, yeah, uh, I have one baby on the way. And uh, I had one before uh, I got married. So, yeah, I got a baby on the way. Um, October 25th is the due date as of right now. And um, I'm super excited and stoked uh, about this uh, opportunity, uh, you know, with my wife having a new um, newlywed. Win, uh, so, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, double congratulations, man. Do you know what y'all having? Uh, now nah, we're supposed to be uh, going back uh, this Wednesday to see, uh, you know, get the, uh, the analogy test, uh, see what's going on, um, get to see all the uh, everything up close and personal. And uh, so, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, looking forward to it. You know, been reading up on things, uh, you know, um, asking them everything that I need to know, asking my wife, like, hey, what you need me to do? What's some things that we can work on? Whatever the case may be. Because at the end of the day, man, it's, I want her to have the best, you know, possible uh, thing that she can have with this birth. Because I know it's very important, especially, um, you know, talking about black women in, in medicine and all those different um, factors, you know, I just definitely want to just hear her and listen to her and, um, you know, value her wishes. Are you, um, what are you hoping for, boy or girl? It doesn't matter. It don't matter to me. I just want a healthy baby and, uh, you know, just giving the, uh, all the love that I can give it possibly, you know, giving them the, you know, the knowledge that I have and obtained through this life that I've uh Rigorously has been going through for the uh, for what thirty two years of my life. So just giving them, uh, you know, some of this knowledge and love. Yeah, that's cool. Man. Yeah, congratulations again, man. Uh, on man, the, thank on you, the man. marriage and the the new baby. Man, thank you, man. I'm trying to get like you, man. I know you said you've been oh, sixteen man. years <laughs> in, so you know, I was just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, tell everybody how you got it started in uh like financial literacy and uh, motivational speaking around that man so you're talking about i say two or three years ago um one of my friends that i knew i played in the drew league um he came up to me like hey man i want to you know chop it up with you uh with my mentor whatnot i mean what you what you got going on man? Mm. and um i decided to do it um because we had this rep you know we had this uh bond that we didn't made you know we had the same trainer from basketball and everything so I, I pretty much trust him and um in my previous life i always decided that i always wanted to be a motivational speaker why because i noticed that you know we need that in our community we need people to just to you know just be there for us and just 
say, hey, it's going to be okay, you know, regardless of the, you know, what's going on with our life. Um, I know it's a lot of obstacles that we go through from, you know, just being Black in America to uh, police brutality, you know, the the environment that we may live in or whatever the case may be. But I just wanted to, you know, just give people that, that encourage them, like, hey, you can create a, a better reality for yourself, not now, but um, soon, you know, just understand that, hey, better better days is coming. And it's all about your mental aspect, I mean, your mental approach to it. So that's how I got into it. But uh, once once he uh, he came to me, then uh, went to his mentor, which is uh, my girl, Flora, and uh, started asking me certain questions that I just couldn't really answer at the time. And I was just like, whoa, I need to uh, sit down and really think about this. They was like, do you feel, uh, do you, you know, uh, do you see like, do you see yourself doing this for the rest of your life? I was like, no. Do you feel like you uh, owning your ownership or do you understand, you know, the power that you have or nothing, um, all that type of stuff? And I was like, no, I'm really not uh, possessing my dreams or anything else like that. And it was like, do you have the money that's coming in of your life, you know, that you need or whatever the case may be? And I was like, no. So it really made me start thinking. And also I was getting ready to propose. So it really made me just like, hold on. It's time for me to, you know, buckle down and um, understand that, hey, um, I have this gift. So I need to, you know, harness it as well as giving it out to other people. Because um, it's people that, you know, may be looking up to me and um, other people that I probably don't even know or even, you know, know that they was looking up to me so I decided to say hey let me go ahead and um, teach people about this um, the way that I want to be taught about this Um, not you know just saying hey this is the right way no let me show you let me educate you if you have some questions about something hey okay you don't understand this let's go back through it again let me really uh, sit down with you because I have a lot of patience and I know that that's what we need we need people that just want to be patient with us and actually um, engage and um, actually understand our story before they try to shove something down our throat Um, and that's what approach I bring so that's why I decided to get into this industry. All right. Um, my question to you, Daryl, um, in relation to that, what was your, what would you say was your biggest, like, aha moment? Like, if you could t- go back to when you first started getting into, like, financial literacy, like, was it a, uh, a book that you came across or a certain person that kind of uh, grabbed you by the horns and kind of pulled you a certain way? Like, uh, what was your, your biggest, like, aha moment? The biggest aha moment was... Uh, I was in a meeting and I was realizing that I can put two to two together. I can motivate people as well as I can teach people, which is the best of both worlds in which I've been doing for pretty much all my life anyway, because I was already um, coaching basketball, training basketball. So I was already teaching and I already had a good rapport with, uh, with teachers. So we talking about, I'm understanding, you know, how to talk to teachers. I know how to talk to parents. So it was very easy for me to, okay, I can actually do this, teaching individuals how to actually, you know, uh, have a uh, budget, how to actually save for their retirement, how to save for X, Y, and Z if they have their own business, X, Y, and Z. So I was like, oh, okay, then I can motivate them at the same time, giving them that encouragement like, hey, and giving them that mentorship that a lot of jobs don't give and a lot of people in our, in, in our community don't give. Good stuff, man. What are um, 
like what you just said made me think of this question. So like, what are some of the, the similarities between like the fundamentals of uh, finance and the fundamentals of basketball? So in basketball, so in, in in basketball, the fundamentals is you got to know how to you know pass with both hands, uh, you know how to box out, rebound, uh, shoot. Not particularly well, but from certain spots or your position, you need to know how to be able to shoot a fifteen footer or X, Y, and Z. Uh, when it comes to finances, it's pretty much the same. Uh, you know, well, it kind of depends on what you need though. Um, or what you were looking for. It kind of varies from your skill set. Same thing in basketball. What is your skill set is, um, that's what you're trying to get to. So it depends on your age, of course. What what are you trying to uh, save up for? Um, is it for, you know, your retirement? Are you saving up for your kids? Are you trying to bring a legacy? So it all depends on what specifically what you need and what you want. So, you know, we got to understand, you know, the dime method is what I pretty much do, you know, debt, um, debt uh, insurance, and then uh, method. It's a debt. I can't think of it right now. But, yeah, the dime method is pretty much what I usually use. Uh, what would you say your uh, relationship with your, with your father was like, uh, like growing up? And uh, did he teach you financial literacy growing up? Nah, my dad, uh, my dad's come from the old school. He's like, I would think that's uh, generation Y, I believe. And that's that cloth of generation that like, hey, you get you, you go to school, you get your degree and get you a good job. (laughs) Um, You know, they, uh, you know, they never kind of understood the other aspects that what we are realizing, our generation, the millennials, like, okay, this good job stuff is not as quite as black as white as y'all kind of made it to be um, because the benefits is not like how it used to be with the pensions. You see now that they just say, hey, did you get a 401k or they may give you an IRA or a 403b, depending on if you work with state or whatnot. So we see the the vast difference between the generations. So now my dad was pretty much like, hey, you go to college. Um, he kind of shot down pretty much all my ideas when I was younger, to be honest, uh, for the most part. I was like, I want to be a doctor. He was like, you want to be a doctor? I said, I want to be a therapist, uh, psychologist, real estate. You, know, you don't want to get no real estate. You got to do. I was like, yeah. He kind of, you know, so it was kind of uh, disappointing. And um, he really didn't teach me, you know, he just always said, put your balance on your books. You balance your books. And, you know, you just have money for X, Y, and Z. So it really wasn't no financial literacy like, hey, this is the umbrella of what you need to have or, you know, whatever the case may be. So not, um, nobody in my family actually had that type of structure. So um, that's why I said, hey, I want to do it because I can give my kids and uh, my kids this information and um, teaching them, like, hey, these are some things, you know, early on that we can be helping you out with, you know, giving you allowance. Like, okay, you want this? You want this? Okay, cool. How much does that cost? All right. Do you have enough with the allowance that you get? Okay. We're going to start subtracting early. Like, hey, all right, you want that? And how, how often do you get allowance? How much money do you get? Okay. So can you get that at that particular time? No, you probably got to wait a little bit. So now, you know, I'm already kind of strategically um, setting out how we want to do this for my kids. So, yeah. That's cool. 
you know, uh, your story kind of reminds me of uh, like my father. Uh, I remember I told him that I wanted to be go to barber school and like, uh, you know, cut hair. He was like, man, don't do that. You know, because my grandfather cut hair for a long time and he cut hair for, you know, for a little bit. And um, I was telling him, you know, I was going to learn how to cut hair. And he was like, nah, you know, don't do that. That, that ain't the thing to do. They, they don't make no money. Or they, I forgot, like, exactly what he was saying, but he pretty much, like, shot it down, like how you were saying, like, how your pops uh, would do sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely understand, like, where you're coming from. Yeah, but I mean, me and my dad, we were very close now, but I just think that was just, uh, uh, that was just, you know, um, I didn't take it personally, where at the time I did, sure. but now when I look back at it, I can't take it personally because that's just his his childhood and that's what he know, that's what he knew. So he didn't know about these different uh, avenues of entrepreneurship or anything of that nature because that wasn't his, you know, he didn't see it firsthand. So yeah. that wasn't, you know, what he got. So I understand and I understand it fully now. They're like, okay, that was that, that generation. And um, I think that, you know, a lot of kids nowadays that we got to, you know, as parents or even fathers that we got to not shut down our, destroy our kids from these, you know, different, paths uh whatever their career paths may bring them to you know just being open about it and just saying hey okay let me research this myself so i can actually help them out benefit them and get them to whatever they want to get to because there's so many different avenues now that even if it's not a job you can kind of create a job now because yeah. of you know so many uh things that we have in our disposal from the internet you know from linkedin and x y and z you kind of create your own little job now so I think it's up to us as, you know, the next generation of fathers. Like, okay, so you want to get into that? Let me let me figure out, you know, how we can kind of, you know, set set something up, get you to a school that's particularly to that uh, artwork or art frame or whatever the case may be. So we can get you to that next level in your life and you won't be stressed about it or you won't get mad at me and thinking like, hey, I'm the bad guy, you know, so. <laughs> So what was uh, what was you and your dad's relationship like in general, like coming up? Um, you know, I live with my grandparents, and I had a village. Okay. I will I will have to say it was a village. Um, my grandparents uh, was the majority of the village. Um, my dad's pa uh, parents, but I did have a village when it came to me growing up, um, because I had my mom's side of the family that helped me out as well. Um, I didn't get to see my well. I got to see my mom a little bit, and I got the. I got to live with her for about two years before she passed away um, when I was about 16. So uh, I will say that my childhood, I was kind of sheltered. I was very sheltered because, you know, I live with my grandparents and I'm um, in the South. So, you know, uh, when no party and anything of that nature, hey, you get home, uh, when the street lights come on, you can go out accordingly. But uh, basketball was my way out for the most part. And uh, basketball was my way of, you know, getting my emotions together and everything else. Um, I had to get older. And uh, once, you know, I started getting into relationships and understanding, like, okay, I got a little bit, I got I got some work to do. I got to do some groundwork to actually, you know, actually understand how to communicate a little bit better. Because uh, it's different from, you know, just basketball. Like, hey, I can kind of put all my emotions out on that floor. You know, I can, you know, scream, holler, you know, you know what I'm saying, have that competitive edge. But, you know, you can't do that when you're in a relationship or when you're trying to talk to a, a significant other about different 
things or topics or whatever the case may be. So I had to, had to, uh, yeah, do that shadow work. <laughs> <laughs> so did, um, I know did basketball teach you like anything about relationships? I know what you said like the communication is different, but are there any other aspects of basketball and relating that kind of coincide? I mean, basketball was basketball was a, a big life teacher for me. I mean, just about every emotion that I've ever felt, I felt through basketball. I got hurt, I broke my foot, the agony, the pain True. that you want to be out there to help your team, but you can't. Um, pretty much the same way when somebody passed away or whatever, you know, you kind of feel that pain or you feel like you should have said something else, you know, uh, that same feeling that I got from like, you got to go over, you got to overcome some things in your life, you know, basketball the same way. It's a team that kind of beats you. I got your number and it, it feels so good when you kind of, you know, finally beat them. Uh, so, you know, just about every emotion that I felt playing basketball, um, especially on a high level, um, it pretty much helped me out with life, but just having those life skills, like, okay, so how do I actually get over this hump by actually having the communication skills? Because you're talking to the type of player that I was or uh, I am, I communicate, but it was just, you know, defensively, you know, I wasn't just rigorously, hey, just give me the ball, get out the way, or whatever the case may be. And I didn't really just scream at each other, you know, scream at teammates, anything of that nature. Um, but yeah, when you come in life, you know, um, you can't shy away from those, you know, those tough conversations are like, Hey, you know, um, you didn't do this specifically. So yeah, you gotta, you know, uh, be accountable for that with basketball. You kind of, you know, you can go try and then you can make it look like you did a good effort and, you know, you kind of change up or whatever, but it's a little bit different when you actually uh, in a relationship. So that's how I look at it. You know what? You can always uh, <laughs> this for me. This is what it's kind of like, man. Like how you can always tell a person's effort, like in basketball and in relationships. So, like if you have fasting on the court, everybody can tell, and that's kind of how it is in a relationship too. Like if you have fasting in a relationship, not really interested in the relationship, like the person you with. <laughs> they might not be able to tell, or they probably do tell, but like everybody around you could tell, you know. Yeah, like right away. Like yeah. something off with you. What's going on? With you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I guess>, right. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, especially if you've been with somebody for a while, too, I can only imagine uh, the stuff that you and uh, your wife pick up on. Dr. Ryan, because y'all been together for oh, a man. long time. <laughs> nah, bro, but I don't have fans, man. Probably not. <laughs> 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 don't have seven, huh? No, I don't have fans at all. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, uh, oh, go ahead, Russ, I'm sorry. No, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, throughout your whole career, your basketball career, uh, who would you say, well, two questions. Who would you say was your best or favorite coach or mentor? Or maybe it could be even an assistant coach. It ain't got to be like the head coach. But like somebody that you look to, uh, you know, for advice or that, that was more to you than just like a basketball coach, like a, like a father figure, if you will. And also part two to that question is uh, what older teammate did you have that made you better at basketball and life in general? Like if you had a like a veteran or a vet in your life that you can point to like uh, – 
either player or coach or both? Well, um, first question, well, the first part of the question, um, I had a trainer, my trainer, he pretty much taught me a lot about basketball as well as life. You know, he was that father figure, um, you know, for me a lot of times because, you know, he was taking us to AAU trips and, you know, paying for us and X, Y, and Z and um, actually keeping us in the gym, you know, to keep us away from the troubles of the city. And his name was Omar Carter. And he was pretty much the one that helped me out with my basketball career as well as coaching because uh, once I was – he actually had me training while I was coaching. I mean, uh, while I was still playing basketball in college because he kind of saw something in me that a lot of people didn't know. And um, he knew I had this knack of understanding how to relate to people and how to relate to players and, uh, you know, and actually teaching them how, you know, to actually understand the game of basketball. So he was putting me in position to do that at a young age, you know, and it kind of made me be better, made me a better player too because I kind of got to see the, the views of the game in a different, um, you know, in a different uh, perspective from from a coaching standpoint of, okay, this is where you, you know, you do this and then the third. And um, he's pretty much, he was the one that was, you know, um, actually giving me advice about life as well as basketball. And um, RIP to him, he just passed away last year um, to cancer. But, yeah, he was, I'm talking about, I met him, he, he got me when I was in eighth grade, and uh, he pretty much did everything to create me to the player that I was. I mean, he created me a shot. I remember he had us, he had me uh, putting my left hand up like this and making sure that this was an L shape. And uh, he made me do that like uh, every night, and I had to call. I had to do push ups, uh, sit ups, and uh, crunches. Um, and then I used to call him at night. I had to sneak and call him like, hey, I did all my stuff. And then he and during the summer, he was brutal with it. Uh, I used to be in the I used to be in the gym at least probably about like 9 a.m. all day to like eight, nine at night. And um, I got to so I, I practice in the morning and then in the evening time, I got to play against pros like Monte, Ellis, Mo Williams, uh, and some other cats that was from overseas or whatnot. And that was the exposure that I got at a young age. It's, you know, 15, 16 years old. So, <laughs> and, um, so, and then he gave, then he kind of just kept bringing it on because he brought, you know, he took me to the school called Piney Woods, which is in uh, all, it was an all black boarding school. Called, it's in Mississippi called uh, Country Life, uh, Piney Woods Country Life School. And that was like all boarding school. I got teammates from all across the country. Um, I had teammates from Africa and all that. He kind of set that up. Then he helped me out with a scholarship to get me to, uh, you know, to a scholarship. So he pretty much helped me out with everything. And, you know, I will always be indebted to, you know, his hard work and his ambition. And he didn't just do that for me. He did it with so many players from my hometown. If you, uh, if you know anything about LaQuinn Ross, He's from my hometown, Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, uh, was um, Rodney Hood that's in the NBA right now. He's from uh, Miss Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, Malik Newman. So it's a lot yeah. of cats. Monte Ellis. He created. He actually, you know, he trained all of them as well as me. So he was like right. the the you know the political of you know the Mississippi goat. If you want, if you will. So I will always be indebted to, you know, his legacy and how he kind of, you know, just brought a young, young guy like me 
and help me out with, you know, basketball and life. Yeah, man, it's like a great guy. Man, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I miss him. I miss him dearly, you know. Uh, you know, I want him to come to my wedding and everything, but, you know, he, he passed away, uh, you know. Um, like I said, with cancer and everything, it was it was a tough – it was tough for me uh, because he gave, he gave me his all, you know, as many other uh, guys, you know, he gave – he gave them his all, you know, that was definitely a big father figure in my life, especially at a younger, uh, young stage in my life. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's amazing how we come across those people that uh, aren't really connected to us. We're not related to them in any way, but you come across them as you go. And, uh, and I have another one too. Uh, yeah. Once I moved out here to California, I met another guy, uh, uh, Charles Lovely. And man, when I tell you his, He's pretty much the the Los Angeles guy because um, you know I got to get in contact with him and he opened up the doors and let me play overseas. Uh, you know he opened up the doors, let me play in the Drew League and getting to play against so many different. Uh, you know, actually helping me out with one of my trainers that uh, I met out here, Keon Kendrick, which is we call him the Keys because he's the Keys of LA. I mean, if you need some keys to the LA about you know uh, basketball in LA from you know high school and up he knows all about him and he pretty much worked with him. so you know he pretty much so like I said man I've been blessed with some great uh phenomenal men that's impacted my life and I just want to do the same thing return to the next generation that's awesome and uh part two of that question what uh player would you say was a big mentor a good mentor for you man I had some uh I had some phenomenal teammates, uh, older gents, but I would have to say uh, the – I would say my coach, that I was just talking about Omar, um, just just the selective guys that he had around us that was growing up, you know, they were just key veteran um, guys. You know, they always gave us key, uh, key moments like, hey, you know, you know, this is what you need to do, X, Y, and Z. You know, you're playing hard, but this is, you know, this this is how you get to that next level. So he always had those type of uh, players, you know, that, that can be real with us and be like, hey, you know, compete with us, but then give us that, you know, re reality, like, all right, this is how you get to that next level. So um, he definitely gave us that avenue of, you know, having different types of vetting players around us. Gotcha. Man, that's good, man. So what, um, I guess, like, what advice or, like, words of wisdom that you received from, uh, you said, Coach Lovely and Coach Hart that you want to pass to your uh, children? Ooh, it's so much. But I would say that um, just live, just live your life to the fullest and do not let anybody, I mean anybody, tell you what you cannot do and if they do prove them wrong that's what Omar always did if you say he couldn't make another uh you know player in the state that's better than this probably okay all right I'm about to do that if you say he sure. can't you know do something he gonna do it same thing with Mr. Lovely uh you know he he's always about hey I'm gonna prove you wrong, and then uh I'm gonna beat the gods you know and give you that that older you know that elderly 
godly love that you get, you know, because he's older. <laughs> you know, he's like he's close to in his 70s, so he's been around the block. He's been in the military. Um, he's from the South, but he moved uh, real young, and then he moved out, and he had an independence since he was, like, 18 to move to California. So that's what I would tell, you know, my kids, like, hey, uh, there's no such thing as no, and you can't do it. You're going to do it, and you're going to prove anybody that says you can't do it wrong. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I, so I want to ask you uh, a question about the Drew. So a couple of years ago, well, you know me and Royce, we we in Chicago, right? And there's a yeah. player on the Bulls named Denzel Valentine. Was <laughs> <laughs> you at that game, bro? Yeah, I was at the game. I was at the game. You was there? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. My guy Denzel, man, he's a great so, player. <laughs> So so what what happened with that? The, the guy, what's his name? Frank Nitty, that's what they call him. Yeah, so th- this is all right. So I, I I the the beautiful thing about this is I actually played against Frank and I actually has been I've been his teammate as well. Um he's a very phenomenal guy. One of the key things that I never do when I play him is talk crap to him. That's not what you do. Because he's one of those people that feed off of that and then he can go out this mind. Like, he loves that. When you just be quiet and you just play ball, you make him get him. But if you okay. if you talking to him, that was really <laughs> ticks him off. And that, like, gets him going. Like, he thrives off that. And then he gets the fans. He gets the fans involved. Oh, it's, it's a wrap. So what happened was, you know, he kind of thought he was a big shot. He thought that, you know, since he was bigger, that he was just going to kind of, you know, have his way. And it didn't quite go out like that. Uh, one thing for sure, um, when I played against Frank Nitty, I never dribbled. I never, even though I have, a, you know, I'm pretty good with a ball. I'm a pretty good ball handler. I never dribble against him. Nah, I'm going to put you in the post or something like that. I'm not going to have you out here thinking, no, 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 no. You be fundamental no. with him. <laughs> yes, you be fundamental. And one thing that Denzel didn't do, he didn't utilize his body well. He tried to, you know, go, he tried to, um, you know, bring it up against him. He's Pretty one ball. of the most elite uh, ball handler uh, defensive players I've ever seen in my life. And that's one thing that you not do. You not try to dribble against him. Um, if you're a little shaky with your dribble, you know, you get him kind of in a triple threat um, situation so you kind of, you know, take advantage or whatnot. You don't try to dribble against that man, um, especially if you're bigger than him because he's going to get up underneath you. And then he has – He's, he has very quick hands, and he can get up underneath you and uh, be a very, uh, very pesky defender. And uh, once he gets – and, you know, he gets his shot going, it's a wrap. So that's what happened. And he kind of, you know, just went at him, man. And it was just – you hate to see it because, uh, you know, I don't like to see NBA players get like that. But when you come in there, you thinking that you, you know, you tough. You know, you tough and you thinking everything is going to be sweet. That's what happens. <laughs> Yeah. How yeah. much you give him? It was like 45? Man, I don't know exactly, but I know he gave him, you know, it didn't look bad. It, it, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> it looked it bad. <laughs> yeah. Man. So, uh, now back to uh, 
like your father, um, what would you say is um, the biggest lesson that you that you learned from him? Like uh, other than the financial stuff, like uh, like what uh, other things that he endear on you? Well, my father, he, um, you know, as I said, as I stated, you know, now we are very close, especially uh, since I live out here and I actually know that I can kind of go to him and things of that nature. He, he's opened up more, yeah. um, you know, so I can definitely say that uh, I learned a lot from my father, just like, you know, just uh, be about your business, you know, be accordingly, uh, you know, dress accordingly or whatnot. Um, some things that he didn't like, he didn't like Madrid's or whatnot, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, he kind of, he kind of got over it, but, um, yeah, just, you know, just buckling down and, um, just doing what you have to do for your family or whatnot. Um, I think sometimes, um, in my previous years, uh, before I got into this line of work, you know, I kind of was just like, nah, I'm not going to do that because, you know, it's not what I think it is, but at the same time, you know, uh, if you need money or whatever the case may be, you can't be too prideful. Um, you know, have that ego to the, you got to take that to the side because you know you got family, you have a family to uh, that's depending on you and things of that nature. So um, that's what I really uh, got from him. Was like, right, you know, you got to you know make it work and put something on the book, as he would say. <laughs> and um, the economy, so, yeah. The like, you know, stand on that, you know, if you're going to be about it, you know, don't talk about it, be about it. Definitely. That's what's up. I asked you a, a question, and we're getting kind of close to time. I think I got one more question, and uh, Dr. Raheem, I think he may have one more. But um, I already asked you the question. I asked you, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? And, uh, and Daryl, you said uh, it means being a, a loving servant to the community, uh, protect and share wisdom. Exclamation point on that. Uh, so would you uh, be able to uh, elaborate more on that? Yes, sir. Uh, you know, as a father, you are a servant. You are a protector. You're the first defense. Um, you know, if the if it's a fire at the house, who, you know, who's supposed to be getting everybody at the house? You. You the servant. You, who are you serving? Your family. You're the first defense. Somebody try to break in your house, you're the first defense. You know, and uh, regardless if it's your household or your family, you know, you're a servant to the people. And, you know, you got to give love. Love is the most important. Uh, love is the most important thing. I always say this. Love is the most important word on this on this earth. And I think a lot of times we don't understand exactly what that uh, word means. Uh, we think it, you know, means that you, you love for beneficial knowledge. It means that you love somebody dearly, regardless of what they don't and uh, what they cannot give you or whatnot. You just still love that person regardless. And uh, first things first, you got to have self-love. So you got to have the confidence in yourself and, you know, um, understand that, hey, I love myself enough that I'm not going to put myself in harm's way and I can love my family and I can love the people around me um, the way that they need to be loved. And everybody needs to be loved differently. You know, your wife is going to be different from how you love your son or your daughter. And how you love your daughter is going to be different how you love your son. So it's about being a servant to those, to your family, and being that protective and being that void and to protect them from whatever the case may be. So that's what fatherhood means to me. Beautiful. Well put, man. Well put. 
Okay. So, um, sorry, but I'm having internet problems. No, you good, bro. Uh, you good. So my question, if you could give, um, like, any advice to um, a new dad, uh, what would it be? Mm. Well, if you're going to be a new dad, don't put all your burden on yourself. Don't think that you're not good enough or, um, you know, you're not in the place that you're not, you're not in that place that you want to be financially or mentally. But just enjoy all the little moments that you have. Um, enjoy, you know, the little moments that you're going to have. Um, you may not be, you're not perfect. You're never going to be. But know that you can always get better day by day and you can reevaluate situations and enjoy the ride. Don't think that you have this certain, uh, a dad is a certain, you know, duty or you have this certain idea of it. Just enjoy the ride and, um, you know, let, make up your hiccups as you go. You know, keep yourself, uh, keep loving yourself first, and then that love is going to express um, to all the people that, you know, around you uh, with your kids. And, um, you know, enjoy enjoy the ride, as I stated. Yeah. My daughter asked to jump on my back every every morning, man. She asked the same question. Can I jump on your shoulders, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, come on, let's go. Because uh, I, I remember how I felt to be on my daddy's shoulders. I remember that. It was a beautiful feeling every time. Like seeing it from his height, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, yeah, yeah, man, this has been a great episode, man. Uh, I, I, call, I call for Hall of Fame episodes. This, this will be one of them, man. This is uh, important information. People need to hear this type of stuff, man. So, man, thank you, man. I'm just a pleasure uh, to be blessed by some, you know, some uh, brilliant young man that's uh, just, you know, doing things that we need. And um, giving a void, you know, giving that voice out to the void, voiceless, uh, voiceless uh, men that's out here that thinking that, hey, they, you know, they're struggling. They don't, you know, they don't know no better or they don't have the opportunity to have the, you know, resources that we may have. So, you know, it's beautiful to have people like y'all to just like, hey, we giving it to y'all. It's, it's time. We got people that look like you that have been through some similar stuff like you, man. It's okay. Exactly. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining us, man. Oh, man, it's one, last question. one last question before we head out. What's your favorite uh, basketball movie? Oh. Mm. Ooh. All right. Now you got me thinking. Uh, <laughs> it's going to tell me what type of hooper you are, too, man. Based on your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I would say basketball movie. I might have to go with uh I think I'm about to go with White Man Can't Jump. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good one. Indeed, indeed. Which character are you choosing, man? Who are you? Wesley or uh... <laughs> You know I gotta be Wesley, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm like it's the, army, man. the guys he was hooping against me, he can be one of them guys, man. Hey, he was out here hustling. Yeah, he was getting it though. <laughs> nah, that's what's up. That's that's probably my favorite basketball movie too. Yeah. Either that or uh, He Got Game. Yeah, I like He Got Game, but uh, yeah, yeah, He Got Game was tough. But um, I don't know. It's just something about the atmosphere when I just watch, uh, you know, um, you know that movie. Uh, 
white man can't jump. Just like the atmosphere is just, you know what I'm saying? It's a little bit different, especially being in California. And I've seen them hoops before. I'm like, oh, they on the beach. You see them girls on them skates in the summer, dog. <laughs> <laughs> the whole atmosphere. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, ever, you ever been out to like uh, Venice? They got a good run out there. I actually played out there a couple times. I just couldn't do it no more because, like, you know, the it's just the wind, maybe taking your shot. And then, you know, you just look bad out there. Then, you know, your knees and all that. All right, I'm just strictly inside. I ain't finna do all this. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, so tell us, man, if uh, someone had to reach out to you any type of way, man, where would they go to get to you? Man, uh, they can just go on my Instagram or they they can find me on Facebook. All the social media outlets, I'm out here. Uh, LinkedIn, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, just find me. Um, you know, I can, you know, send, send you information, but, uh, DA to God is my Instagram, D-A-T-H-E-G-A-W-D, DA to God on, uh, Instagram. You can look me up on, uh, Facebook, Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L, D, then an A, then Arnold. Then, uh, you can find me on, uh, LinkedIn as Daryl Arnold as well. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, then uh, I have a link tree that you can kind of look at it if you need a financial needs analysis, you know, to get your uh, financial needs together. I can hook you up with that. And um, if you just need some encouragement or whatever, I am here to help you out with that as well. So, yeah, let's get it. Man, appreciate you, dog. Yeah, I got your link tree out. I'm going to put that in the description below for the people. So, yeah, man. Again, man, this is a great episode, man. I appreciate uh, you sharing your story. And uh, yes, you definitely got to stay in contact, man, for sure, man. <laughs> of course, of course. We're going to get you right. Yeah, for sure, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, well, uh, for myself, so Royce Dialis, and for Dr. Ryan Young, thanks again for listening, and also for our special guest, Daryl Arnold, for his story. Uh, definitely uh, stay tuned for further announcements, and uh, stay tuned for the next episode as well. Yes, yes, Sir Royce here, and I want to thank you again for listening to WTF Interviews. Leave a review as it helps more people like yourself receive the message. Also, consider donating to Welcome to Fatherhood. It's a nonprofit that myself and Dr. Raheem Young created to help dads showcase their superpowers to the masses. You can do that by going to WTFatherhood.org. Again, gratitude and be well. You already are.